Welcome to Weird World Podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Carrie. This is us, just us here again, because the kids are terrible people who do things like work and vacation. <laughs> which is not, which is, that, that's bad priorities, I'm just saying. And hang out with boyfriends. Yeah, well, that's wrong. Just Carrie and I today are going to bring you a weird bit. Actually, Carrie's going to bring you a weird bit. I know this story a little bit, and I know it is a very creepy little mystery. Please take it away. Although we do have dogs here. And you may That's hear true. dogs playing That's because yeah, they're better than kids anyway. So. They are playing with a big old banana right next to okay, us. Okay, that sounded weird. <laughs> a stuffed banana. Mm. We're going to talk about some weird goings on in 1969, the day after Thanksgiving, 1969, to be exact. When Brian Adams was, I think, seven years old and apparently doing crazy stuff. No, that's true. Yeah, I know. Um, universe or what? Yeah, Penn State University. <laughs> I it's also known as University. Uh, what? Yeah, I believe. <laughs> so you were not wrong. In Pennsylvania, and because it's the day after Thanksgiving, I'm sure campus is very quiet. Not a whole lot of students around, and in the library, which was bizarrely named Patty, P A T T E E. Because as we know, Penn State names all their buildings just cute little names. <laughs> well, I think now it's renamed and it's something. Um, Glenn. No, who's Thelma? the who's the football guy? The football guy. Not oh, the, Joe Paterno. Yes. You mean the guy who condoned mm-hmm. horrific child molestation? Yep. Or, and, yeah. Okay. Well, that's well good, good move, Penn State. In an article that I read, it they said it had been renamed to something M. Paterno, but maybe it's been named renamed again. Let's hope they might have taken his name off of it. Anyway, at the library, Patty, it's pretty quiet around. Oh, there aren't a whole lot of students there. And Mary Lee Epperly is a student uh, studying, minding her own business, being a good student. And right about 4.30, there's a loud noise. And then... Wait, wait, wait. wait. We don't... Can give me more. Clang, I don't know. I don't, squeal. No. Animals fighting. Caterwauling. I'm assuming it's not a... A noise of a person. Like a bang or something like that. Yeah. Okay. We're in a library, so it's possible it's books falling. That's that's a solid guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then two men come up to Mary Lou or Mary Lee and say, someone had better help that girl. And then they take her over to the stacks of, you know, rows and rows of books mm-hmm. between um, stacks 50 and 51. 50 and 51. Mm-hmm. And so Mary Lee goes over there with them and sees... A young woman lying on the ground with a bunch of books laying around yeah. her. And Drunk. she's... No. Well, Mary Lee doesn't know. She's wearing a red dress. Is a needle sticking out of her arm? No. Okay. This is 1969, Dean. Oh, okay. oh, before drug use. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Where would somebody... I don't... I'm kidding. I don't think there was intravenous drug use in 1969. You didn't just say that, did you? Not by just... Are you shitting me? I think it was probably way less common. This heroin was huge. Have you not seen the French Connection? No. No, trust me. There was a lots and lots of people shooting heroin. I think it would have been hard. Drugs. It would have been hard to get needles. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> but I'm a hundred percent positive there was lots of intravenous drug use. Okay. Well, this young woman was not an intravenous drug no, user. No, I'm, I'm, I'm apologize for smearing her. You should, Mary Lee was concerned. She thought maybe she fainted. Maybe she had some sort of seizure. She didn't know what was going on with her. Mm. But 
you know, they alerted people at the so library. So no, no obvious, nothing looked nope. like she was wounded or anything? Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. Couldn't tell anything that had happened to her. Okay. So they didn't know what was going on. They called the health center there at the school, and they sent over an ambulance, and they scooped her up and took her over. Scooped her up. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't seem very professional, but Probably, okay. You know, put her on a stretcher. Okay. And Did they check her? Did they do any, anything to her? The the EMT that was there took felt a faint pulse. Oh, good luck. Yeah. So she's alive. Okay. But they hadn't they really had no idea what was going on. So when they get her back to the health center, you know, they're trying to figure out what what is wrong with her. And I'm assuming there's a doctor there. <laughs> that Maybe be, not a day after Thanksgiving. You, you never know. It could just be nurses or whatever. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with her. She's completely unresponsive. And then they are, you know, like kind of checking her clothing. And because, like, as I said, she's wearing a red dress. And they discover there's a stab wound <gasps> in her chest. So are they doing like pressure and they pull and the EMT pulls his hand back and sees it's covered in blood? Probably. Let's just assume that happened. Yeah. So they determined so she, she was, was stabbed, stabbed in the chest. And the red dress disguised that. the blood. Damn. But, but they said there wasn't really a whole lot of blood. Hmm. And there really? wasn't, when they picked her up, there was not blood on the ground either. Really? Yeah. That's very strange. Yep. That implies something about the weapon or the how she was stabbed, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. And she was um, in like right in the heart, like thing, or where yeah. in the heart? Oh, yeah. Wow. So the knife or whatever was used to stab her with had to go through her breast bone, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know get an artery just right. And well, we'll talk about that well, later. Well, and they heard a noise, but not like you said, no human noise, so no scream. So, so no. Yeah. Almost instantaneous. She did not scream at all. And uh, the loud noise, I think, was most likely yeah. the books so falling around her. She stabbed. She maybe had books in her hand yeah. or just clutches yeah. and pulls them down with her. Yeah. Because she was standing there, so she was probably looking through the, you know, looking for books or whatever. And she could have, because she was working, she was there to work on a paper, so she probably, you know, she could have had an arm full of books. Yeah. So she's studying the work of Maplethorpe, I believe. <laughs> Dean. So let's talk about who this poor young woman was. Her name was Betsy Ardsma. Oh, what what I was going to say earlier was because of the circumstances of this happening to her, nobody thought there was possibly a crime. Really? So nobody. Well, at first, obviously. Oh, at first, they, yeah. But they once they found the stab she just room. fainted or whatever. Yeah. So, but in, immediately there was no, you know, calling the police yeah, right away. So plenty of time for the culprit to have to get away. Escaped, even if he hadn't escaped yet. Plenty of time because Correct. they didn't realize it. Yeah, and nobody oh was God. paying attention to who, you know, who was there, who was coming, who was going. It makes you wonder if she was picked because of her red dress. That would be. I don't. That, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt because it too. Because you still think you'd see, like I said, it's odd that there wasn't more blood. More blood, yeah. Yeah. Well, Betsy Ardsma was a graduate student at the university. She had only been there for like eight weeks. She had just started in September. This was November. And so it was her first year of graduate school. She uh, got her bachelor's degree at uh, University of Michigan, where she was an honor student, 
and she was from Michigan. She had a boyfriend, David Wright, who was in medical school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hershey, Pennsylvania? How we, far? I don't know. You tell well, me. Because he's suspect number one into the police, right? So, well, I don't know. 80, she takes miles, something like that, maybe. The whole reason why she was at the university or Penn State was because her boyfriend was in Hershey in medical school. She wanted to join the Peace Corps after college. She didn't want to get married and have babies right away like most young women did in 1969. And her boyfriend David said he wouldn't wait for her if she joined the Peace Corps. He basically murdered her. Yeah. So. Well, I won't go that if far. If she joined the Peace Corps, she had a she very w- nice four years in Malawi. Yep. She would have had a great experience. Yep. Wow. So that's why she went to Penn State, and every weekend she would take the bus from wherever Penn State is to College Station to Harrisburg, it's which is near. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a bus right away. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I don't know how long. And Well, you know. L.A. is a bus right away from New York. <laughs> so, well. Is, I, yeah, okay. Still, that puts him, I mean, if he had a car, I'm yeah. just saying, suspect-wise, if he has a car, sure. it's not, it, I don't know, my, my guess is a couple hours. Yeah. I'm totally guessing. Well, she and she had spent Thanksgiving with him, and she took the bus back Thanksgiving night because she had work to do. She had a paper to, to, that she needed to work on, so that's why that, Friday after Thanksgiving in the afternoon, she and her roommate walked over to the uh, library. They kind of parted ways, and Betsy went into the library. First, she stopped off and met with a professor of hers, and then she went down to the stacks to look for the books that she needed for her English paper. I am very impressed with Penn State. Professor on campus on the Friday after library open. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Penn State. Yep. So she was there working on her paper, and remember when I said that the two guys came and told Mary Lee? I do not, no. Yes, I do. So two guys came and said, you better help that. Did the two guys go with Mary Lee back to to Betsy's body? Yes, and then they kind of... Disappeared. Faded away. Hmm. But a man was also seen running out of the library's front entrance. And this was just a short time. Just a short time. After. Between 4.30 and 5. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the ambulance, I said, was called at 5.01. Hmm. And then by the time, you know, they had gotten her back to the health center, it was about 5.20. And the loud noise was 4.30-ish. Yes. So she was not, so she was lying in the, the aisle there for quite some time, for nearly half an hour, right? Until those two guys presumably stumbled upon her and told Mary Lee, or, or it was like yeah, between four thirty four forty five. Yeah, okay, so yeah. fifteen minutes or so, maybe. Yeah, enough time for her to bleed out. Yes, she probably bled out in, in minutes. And Mary Lee said it felt like a long time. She estimated oh. fifteen minutes before you know anybody okay. came, okay. which you know, got it fits with everything. So plenty of time. So and and so that person fleeing. The library was between four thirty and five. So yes. That, okay. Yeah, and nobody knows who he was. And he never came. I'm assuming they did a call for anybody who witnessed and blah blah blah. Yeah. No one came forward. There, there actually was a a young student there, actually from Africa, hmm. who had seen him 
running out and actually he ran after him and lost him. Why did he run after him? Did he know that Betsy had been stricken by then? That's odd. He must have known something. He, I think he must have known something was going on because like a group had, you know, there was like a crowd gathering around Betsy, Betsy. And so she was dead or dying. Well, they knew there was something going on with her. Nobody, nobody thought she was dead. No, nobody could tell. But without the blood, you wouldn't think, you would just think some kind of a natural, something, a, a, a weird a heart attack, like you said, a seizure or something like that. You wouldn't, they actually yeah. passed out, literally. That's, you wouldn't yes. think. So it, it's odd that he ch- would chase after someone, even someone running from the library. Yeah. That seems weird. But he said he, you know, he couldn't, once okay. he was out of the library, he had lost him. Okay. And like I said, nobody realized that any kind of crime had been committed. So nobody called the police. So the library wasn't locked down. Hmm. You know, none, none of, Everybody was allowed to just leave, yeah. so they really didn't have any way to track what students were even there during the time. And Betsy didn't really know very many people. Like I said, she had only been on campus for eight weeks, and she spent every weekend in Hershey. Mm. So she w- she wasn't hanging out on the weekends, even like with her roommate and yeah, stuff. With her needy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She was pretty. She had long brown hair and hazel eyes. All post a picture of her they're black and white but i'll post a picture of her and her friends thought she was smart and edgy edgy yeah i like it she had actually a tattoo of a spider web (laughs) on her wrist very rare for 1969 white people and she had a great sense of humor and a huge laugh Hmm. i like her me too especially because she wanted to join the peace corps Yes, yes i really wish she had i know it goddamn boyfriend so anyway, obviously there was an investigation and the actually the uh, pathologist who performed her autopsy uh, believed that she didn't struggle at all. Hmm. She had no defensive wounds, no bruises or you know cuts on her hands or anything like that. There was nothing under her fingernails. So it's possible that she really even had no idea yeah. that it happened. I mean, it might have happened so quickly. You know, it makes me it makes me think that he stabbed her from behind the row of books. Because there'd be you just looking, you're perusing, you're looking at books, your your attention is what up at the shelf. You don't even see the person on the other side and just right. boom. You know, you, you there's a space there, let's say you clear aside clear aside a couple of books and you have yeah. you know, her chest is right there. Yeah. You can do it and walk away. Mm-hmm. And and it is very safe too because even if you, it wasn't an immediate death, or even if she lived, she doesn't see you. She never saw you. Right. That's why I don't think he approached her from the front. Yeah. And you know, possibly, if she hadn't knocked over books, mm-hmm. then it's possible she wouldn't have been discovered until somebody else wandered into that aisle. Well, well I thought she wasn't. I mean, they didn't go investigate the sound. At least Mary Lee didn't. You didn't, right? So I think no, but those. Two men, which uh, that part of the story is a little bit iffy too. Mary yeah. Lee remembers two men, but other people say no, there was only one yeah. one man. Yeah, I, I I mean, if it's one man, that could have been the murderer. Yeah, it could have been just messing with her. Yeah, if it's two is almost certainly not. Yeah, but if it's one, yeah, that could have very well been the murderer. Yeah, so maybe I'll check that. Yeah, and because Mary Lee was very, uh, you know, she became very flustered and. Um, emotional about it, she was not a, a good witness. Mm. 
you know, describing the the men and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, people aren't even sure it was actually two men. It might have just only been one. Yeah. So I think, like I said, I I, I I've read one man. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the way Mary Lee tells it, it you know, she remembers two men. But mm. okay. like I said, that's not not um, reliable. So anyway, this information from the pathologist, the none of that was ever you know, d- reported to the media or anything mm. like that. The media never actually interviewed this guy. They only interviewed the coroner. So obviously the police knew this, but it was never released. And not that that matters all that much, but... Wait, knew what? I, it's been a long that time. That she didn't struggle, that okay. she didn't have defensive wounds, or, you know, yeah, nothing okay. under her nails, all that kind of stuff. But he did say that she died very quickly, probably in under a minute. Yeah, if he got the heart. Mm-hmm. So that EMT who thought he felt a pulse was just okay. mistaken. Okay. The knife was probably like a hunting knife, like three or four inches long, mm-hmm. but it had to be strong because it had to get through her breastplate and the, it severed an artery and also her lung. So she basically drowned in blood. Uh, I mean, there yeah. was... I mean, obviously you're going to die because of the heart puncture and all that kind of stuff. But her lungs filled up with blood. Mm. Yeah. Yikes. Horrible. So like you said, her boyfriend, of course, was initially a suspect. Mm -hmm. He had a solid alibi. So even if he did have a car (laughs) or could have taken the bus to uh, Penn State, he was in a study group in Hershey. And he was in medical school at Hershey? Hershey? Yes. Where they train you? I think that's where Patch Adams went to. Is they train you in the, the in chocolate-based medicine, mm-hmm. so you die, but you die deliciously. Yes, Dean. So anyway, he was ruled out as a suspect. Okay, lucky him. Mm-hmm. So they continued to interview students. Sometimes they used hypnosis and polygraph tests. <laughs> no, well, that's to their detriment. Yes, hypnosis really. Yeah. Did you kill her? Okay, wait. One, two, three. Sleep. Did you kill her? <laughs> yes. Got me. I don't know. Maybe they hypnotized, you know, were you at the library that day? Because there weren't that many people. <laughs> no, hypnotize me. Yes. <laughs> no, hypnotize them to see what they remember, Dean. Okay, well. You know how it works. Just as lame. They put hidden cameras in the stacks to see oh. if maybe the killer would return uh. to the scene of the crime. <laughs> In cameras in 1969, it's a large Polaroid. <laughs> the trip wire was a literal wire across the way. You you'd trip on it and then it would take a picture. I know. Of I you. wonder what kind of cameras they I have were. No idea. And they offered a $25,000 reward for any information contributing to the apprehension and conviction of the person that did it. And nothing. They got nothing. Total aside, I've often wondered. When you have, most rewards are like that, the apprehension and conviction of someone. What if it's a plea deal? Yeah. Does that still count? You still well, get the, they're the still cash? convicted. I suppose so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just wondering. Yeah. But it, I guess if if they're arrested, charged, and, and are acquitted. Are innocent. Then, you don't get the cash. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you have a rooting interest in that trial. Yeah. Yep. Well, after days, weeks, months went by, of course... Her murder went unsolved. There, of course, were rumors Mm. circulating about her death. Some people believed her killer was Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy? Mm -hmm. 1969? Okay. Because he was at Temple University around the time. That's in Philadelphia. Of her murder. Yep. But this little theory was later disproved by law enforcement because 
there didn't, you know. There's absolutely they, no reason yeah. to connect it whatsoever. They and didn't. it's got to be hours away. There's yeah. no reason for him to be at Penn State. Who else was, I believe, a student in the Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia area at the time, I believe, at University of Pennsylvania in, at the Wharton School? I'd have to go check the timeline. <laughs> but hmm, wasn't that Donald John Trump? Most likely. He is as likely as Ted Bundy to stab a, a woman and run. Yeah. I completely believe that. I, he should be. And he was there. He is. He's at least as likely this killer as Ted Cruz is the Zodiac. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> and people thought, oh, you know, maybe some was some man was pursuing her romantically and she rejected his advances and mm. that's why he stabbed her. Yeah. But you but think you'd find some evidence of that, of that yeah. from someone. Yeah. yeah. Her roommate, anyone. Yeah. I know she didn't know that well, but still. But there really wasn't any. Yeah. There was a student who was there. In fact, no, she wasn't a student. Well, she was a student, but she worked at the library. Her name was Cheryl Sharp. Cheryl, Cheryl Sharp. Yeah. Hard to say. She was an undergrad. She was 19 years old. She was working as a clerk in the library, and she was directly above the spot where Betsy was murdered. So she was hovering in the air? No, I think the floor above, Dean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she said because it was the day after Thanksgiving, it was practically empty. There weren't a whole lot of people there. And she said it was a little bit creepy working yeah, there that day. That would day. be a big-ass library uh-huh. with almost no one there. It would be creepy. And she was shelving documents. And she remembers hearing two short screams around mm. the time they think Betsy was stabbed. Mm. So she says no one believes that she heard the screams, she believes they came from Betsy. Well, they'd have to be, I mean, that's some uh, some pretty thin floor material to be able to hear something that audible, uh, that no one else on yeah, the same I level say, as her heard. That yeah. does sound a little bit yeah. mm, unlikely. The police interviewed her and obviously every other employee who was working there that day, but nobody had any useful information. Yeah. She, I believe, never went back to work huh. in the library. She was done yeah. which I would probably might feel the same yeah. way. A lot of students were nervous, obviously, yeah. especially the young women. It just they, seems so random. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the more you, the longer you go on and find no quote unquote rational suspect, the more terrifying it is. Yeah. Because then it's irrational. Then it's a just, I mean, literally it's just somebody's, I'm going to go kill me somebody. Yeah. And here's, I, I, I think I have this method. Yeah. God, Lord. Yeah. And they actually created an escort service on campus. Oh which probably was pretty unusual back in those days, so that, you know, women could be escorted and feel safe while traveling around campus at night. And Cheryl said nobody really knew why she was killed. So yeah. That's the, the weirdness was, of this story. Yeah. There's no motive that they yeah. can ever find out. There's no, as far as I know, there's no really solid suspect. There's no, apparently just it's just an insane, random murder. I mean, yeah. it's, the, you know... And you think you would, uh, it, was it a one-off, right? That that method was so foolproof. Another, I know. There was no other murder, as far as I know, Yeah. Uh-uh. anywhere near this time, any, any place in the country. So Yeah. Well, and she said everybody was afraid that it was going to happen again. Yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, she also said some people, like the rumors and stuff, some people said that Betsy was a prostitute. Oh, Jesus. Or a nude model for the art department, and that's why she was targeted. None of those, obviously, neither of those things was true. 
or any reason for her to be targeted either for that matter. Yeah. Okay. They also uh, then shortly after installed security cameras in the library elevators mm-hmm. and anybody who needed to go to the second core level, which is where she was, mm-hmm. had to be escorted. Wow. And she said staff members just really tried to avoid the area altogether. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there was a heavy police presence for a while, at least for a month or two, because they were interviewing everybody. Mm-hmm. And so she said it was very traumatizing. So here's one person who is actually named mm. as a very possible potential suspect. Actually, there, there was a book written called Murder in the Stacks, Penn State, Betsy Ardsma, and the Killer Who Got Away, written by David DeCock. He's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but okay. Yeah. And his theory is that Richard Hefner... <gasps> Another graduate student at the time murdered Betsy. Dick Hefner, the the actual Dick Hefner, mm-hmm. Dick Hefner. So so DeCock thinks that Dick Hefner did it. <laughs> right, just pointing that out. I knew you were going to enjoy that one. Well, according to I'm going to call him David, okay. the author. Oh, I'm fine. Going <laughs> to ruin it. Fine. Richard Hefner showed up at a professor's house the night the murder occurred, acting strangely. And the professor and his wife said that Richard Hefner showed up at a professor's house and said, have you heard? A girl I dated was murdered at the library. So this kind of freaked out the professor and his wife. And they got the impression that he could have been involved in the incident that he was describing to them. Because he almost certainly really wasn't dating her. Yeah. So that does go back to the unrequited, but maybe an unrequited. Yeah. So it would have to be... You know, unrequited, and he literally approached her and only her, and no one else had any knowledge, like no one else in the same class or something, or she had never confided to her roommate. Yeah. This guy, Richard Hefner, has been hitting on me, and Mm -hmm. it's really getting creepy. So, that I mean, it's possible. Yeah. She just didn't tell anyone. She'd only been there a short time. He obsessed on her very quickly. Yeah. And then... And the police thought he was a pretty good suspect, but apparently, you know, I don't know... None of the stuff that I read said why he got dropped as a suspect. Well, they couldn't develop anything. There's no, no one saw him yeah. in the library at the time. There's no physical evidence. They didn't break, I presume they, they interrogated him, but he yeah. denied it. I mean, well, and David DeCock thinks the police, the way the police handled it was very strange. Hmm. That he said it was almost like they didn't want to solve. Oh, that makes no sense. I know the case. That's just that false mystery kind of bullshit. Yeah. That's irritating. And he said that he couldn't find any of the, a lot of the documentation of like all the interviews and stuff that the police did. Who knows? Well, do you know it's, if it was the city police or the, or the university police? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think a murder is going to be the, the yeah, city police. Probably. Well, Richard Hefner went on to become a doctor. And uh, he ended up in Las Vegas where he died. So <laughs> You made that sound really kind of <laughs> weird and mysterious. He just lived a, a fallen normal life and died eventually in Las Vegas. But you turned that somehow pretty evil. Oh, wait a second. I said he became a doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Oh, he became a chocolatier. He was, he was Dr. Richard Hefner, but... He was a professor doctor. He got a PhD. He was a doctor, Carrie. Let's be <laughs> but not clear a medical doctor. Uh, he was a doctor, Carrie. 
He was the kind of doctor that had the word doctor before medical doctors yes. used their word doctor and stole it because they're dicks. Yes. Okay. Well, his degrees were in geology, and he became he, he became a professor. Okay. So, you know, it's possible that he dated her, but I find that hard to believe because she well, had a boyfriend. Almost certainly he didn't date her. Yep. Just uh, just from two months. I mean, she's a she's got a boyfriend. But she would have had to so cheat on her boyfriend and establish yes. a dating pattern all in two months. Yeah. And he would have had to meet her and woo her. This Richard yeah. Hefner. So now that's, Not, that's highly. I don't unlikely. think it's likely either. But this David Decock thinks they did. So I David Decock doesn't sound super reliable. I to be know. honest with you. But uh, anyway, Doctor Hefner died, like I said, in two thousand two in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that's one of the biggest mysteries about this thing. I mean, yeah. I, I don't take the Hefner thing super, super seriously, which means there just isn't huh. anyone. They never were able to develop any kind of a legitimate suspect. Yeah. I mean, the police obviously didn't pursue uh-uh. him. No. And they ruled him, or at least they, they, they must couldn't have rule ruled him, him out pretty quickly. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't know just because he went on to get PhDs and become a college professor doesn't mean he didn't have something weird going on. I feel like it does. I feel like if you have a PhD, you can't have ever <laughs> no. done anything. Uh, trust me, I know plenty of PhDs. Okay. Here. Do you? Do you? Okay. <laughs> well, that's... Well, one more. Okay. People have also um, thought that the Zodiac Killer the Zodiac. killed her. Why they people? I, mean, I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's so annoying. Nothing there's, whatsoever. There's they do nothing. The yeah, they had no connection. Three thousand miles away, common. almost. As things completely different. Yeah. He just was active at about the same yep. time. That's just stupid. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I believe it's some guy who killed the Black Dahlia. Is that guy too? I mean, could yeah. be. How any any lore to go along with this story, the Betsy story? There are people who say that when they're in the stacks between fifty and fifty-one. They feel cold spots, and some people have even seen Betsy's full apparition in her red dress hovering a few inches above the ground. Wow. So apparently, Betsy is haunting the Patty Library. Do you blame her? At Penn State. No, I don't. No. I wish she could, she should try to tell someone who killed her if she saw him. What? No. Oh, yeah. I thought you said she should try to kill someone. No, I said tell someone. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably why she's there. She doesn't know who killed her either. No, I I think she. uh, I don't think she's. I said my. I I would. I my guess obviously speculation, but I think I think someone did it from from the other side of the stack and uh, um, walked straight out. I would not be at all surprised if it was the murderer who alerted Mary Lee just to mess with her. Yeah. Just to so smug and proud of himself. I'm just surprised it never happened again, to be honest. I'm glad it never happened again. I'm glad it never happened again, yes. But I'm surprised it didn't. Yeah. So that's the kind of the perfect murder, isn't it? It kind of is. Maybe we shouldn't upload this because it's going to give somebody ideas. Yeah, I think it's hard, it would be hard to replicate. These days, yeah. Yeah. Almost certainly more likely to get caught because you're on some kind of camera. Yeah. 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 But back then, it was pretty foolproof, or at least it proved to be foolproof in this case. So that's the mystery of Betsy. Ardsma. Yep. Never solved. Never will be. You know what the lesson is from this? What? If you want to join the Peace Corps, join the Peace Corps. Yes. That's a good lesson. God damn it. Don't give up your dreams for a boy. Uh-uh. Nope. Never. Yep. Absolutely not. There They're we not go. Not worth it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Dean. Tell them the stuff. Weird World Podcast 
at gmail.com and on Facebook and Instagram and Weird World Pod on Twitter. Oh, and also Weird World Podcast on um, Patreon. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Until next time. (laughs) See you guys. Bye.